0: This is Limitless Spirit, a practical, inspirational, and thought-provoking weekly podcast about the impact of faith and Christian identity in today's world. And now here's your host, champion of Jesus and people who love Him, world traveler and co-founder of World Missions Alliance, Helen Todd. Welcome to Limitless Spirit Podcast. Nobody likes pain. Nobody likes giving something up. Nobody likes leaving the comfort zone. But... Constantly conforming to what is comfortable and familiar can lead us to unhappiness, dissatisfaction, and sometimes a crisis. So what can happen if we decide, instead of avoiding what is uncomfortable, to embrace it? Dr. Deb Gordon promises that if you're willing to take this chance, the reward is incredibly significant. Dr. Gordon is a theologian and a psychologist. She earned her PhD in clinical psychology from Fuller Graduate School of Psychology and her master's degree in theology from Fuller Theological Seminary. She recently published a book, Embracing Uncomfortable, Facing Our Fears While Pursuing Our Purpose. In this book, she warns us that without being challenged, we often lose Sight of our true identity, compromise our core values, and most importantly, fail to fulfill our God-given purpose. I reached out to Dr. Deb to talk about what is the comfort myth? How do we discover what our core values are? And what are the rewards of embracing the uncomfortable? Dr. Deb, thank you so much for being on our Limitless Spirit podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm well. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, I'm extremely excited about this interview because when I saw the title of your book, I thought, how timely. This subject of embracing the uncomfortable is something that I think we all are going to face in the near future as we're entering the new normal after this COVID-19 pandemic.
1: Yes, absolutely. It is it is very timely. I would agree with that. Now, my understanding is that this is a
0: very personal book for you. So what really launched you on this journey of exploration, how to embrace the uncomfortable?
1: Yeah, I do include a lot of my own personal story in the book. And, you know, I would say for me, um, probably one of the more defining moments in my life and what prompted me to to step into this space was losing my mom. And unfortunately, she took her own life about 12 years ago. And it just really kind of shattered my identity and and forced me to come face to face with some uh, beliefs that I had about myself and my own worth, and and through re- self reflection, I had just graduated with my PhD in clinical psychology. Um, my own counseling, I came to realize that I was I was making a lot of choices based on this uh, really misguided understanding of who I was, which was kind of the fixer in all situations. And if I wasn't able to fix or solve something, my world would come crashing down. And it really took a lot of movement towards these uncomfortable decisions that aligned me more with my core values and purpose. Um, and of course, then that kind of helped me to see that a lot of people are making these decisions, these sort of default automatic habitual choices that aren't actually in line with what they value most but in the moment are more comfortable really because they're more familiar.
0: You mentioned that the this problem came from your misguiding and this misguided understanding of self of who you are. Why do you think that happens? How do we develop this misguided understanding of ourselves?
1: You know, I think all of us have different experiences, even in the most idyllic childhoods of, you know, at some point or another, maybe having our wires crossed a bit in our minds regarding, uh, what, what worth and what value is placed on humankind. And, you know, I could speak from the standpoint of the clients that I work with or my close friendships and, um, you know i think people have a desire for love and belonging and at some point they start to see that placed in external factors so pleasing other people achievement um for some people it's amassing wealth and um and it, and it really begins to drive their decision making so in other words we are looking at the
0: into the wrong mirrors we're looking into the perception of others, of who we are, instead of trying to seek who God sees us.
1: That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I love that idea of looking into the mirrors that other people hold up to us based on who they want or or see us to be versus who God has designed us to be. Absolutely.
0: So then and when once we have that misguided misguided understanding of who we are we sort of fall into patterns to support that and these patterns lead us into the comfort zone or or the state of complacency is that what the myth you talk about the myth of comfort so what is the myth of comfort
1: yeah the comfortment that's a that's a great one so it is it's it's you know kind of defaulting to uh what we have placed on our identity based on others' expectations, whether that's people we know, whether it's the media, whether it's kind of the larger voice in our community um and then we start making decisions based on that, which are largely unconscious and you know, in the book, I use my own example of, of of being in graduate school and feeling like I had to fit a particular mold uh, in order to fit in, which is another, I think, core place where our false identities develop. It's this longing and des- and desire to fit in and to belong, and um, and so we we get really familiar with those choices, and they become patterned in our lives, and we think that they're what what's making us comfortable. The challenge is they're leading to this really long-term sense of discomfort because they're not consistent with what we deeply and truly value most.
0: How do we know what we value most? If we have this misguided image of ourselves and we're largely influenced by the outside factors and the choices and decisions that we make, where do we draw this understanding of what are our core values?
1: It's interesting. So one of the questions I ask my clients most often is is that very thing, what do you value most? And I would say most individuals have at least an uh, you know, kind of an arbitrary sense that they have values. But when you're faced with that question, rarely do I find people are able to, you know, kind of spit out or say what those values are right away. It's kind of like, oh, well I know I value this, but they haven't taken the time to really root that out. And you know, for me, part of writing this book was I think most people would argue that growth occurs in uncomfortable situations or dynamics. I mean, you know let's use just the very basic idea of working out most of the time when I work out, it's not really comfortable it hurts you know it's it it wears me out, but at the end of the day, if I gain muscle or health it the product is worth it so um coming back to this idea of you know how do we define our values, I would argue the first step that we have to take is to actually take the time to consider what is most important to us. And that's where I think most people actually lose sight of that goal is, you know, they the, they, they say that the term, I don't have enough time in the day to actually make this exercise happen. Um, but it's really critical to kind of weigh the cost of not knowing how and uh, and what your values are um, to the gain of sacrificing some time to really root those out. And I have some exercises in the book as to how to actually go about defining your values. But just kind of on a basic level, it's really taking an inventory of all of the things that are important to you, where you spend your time, the relationships that you invest in, um, how you spend your money, what are some of the key memories in your life that are most important to you. Uh, places that you like to visit, and then asking the critical question of why. Why are those important to me? And those things can really help bring insight into what our core values are.
0: You know, it made me think, don't you think this is why God sometimes allows us to go through these trials and tribulations? Um, Because when when we lose something, uh, maybe even if temporarily, it only heightens what is truly important for us. And and allowing us to go through these trials and tribulations, he helps us to determine what our true values are.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's interesting you mentioned at the start of the podcast uh, this pandemic and how critical the message of embracing uncomfortable is in this time. And I remember when we first started the shelter in place and people were, you know, kind of uh, intrigued by the idea of quarantining, uh, not as fatigued as they are on the on the other side of it right now, but a lot of uh, messages were popping up on social media and in online articles about our values and how we're confronted with our values in a moment like this. And I know for me personally, I was very aware of the fact one of my core values is relationship. And I have a grandmother who's 101. She is the matriarch of our family. Wow. And this has been a really hard time for her. She's in um, an independent living facility. She's amazing for her age, but she can't have visitors. And prior to the pandemic, you know, I, I would call my grandma probably uh, every couple months, not not too frequently. And in the midst of this, I've called her at least every week. And it just struck me, why am I not doing this you know, throughout the year and in other, why haven't I been doing this before? And it's because again, I busy myself with work and other activities that aren't, aren't not important, but don't really reflect my true value.
0: So in this way, the pandemic really helped you to focus on what is important.
1: Yeah, it, it did. And what I hope people would, would start to think about, you know, whether it's still in the pandemic or whether it's on the other side is, yeah, you know, again, I I try to live by this motto that every decision we make involves a loss, and that can be considered somewhat pessimistic thinking, but it's not meant to be. It's really supposed to draw our attention to the reality that no matter what I choose to do, I'm making a sacrifice on the other side. And if I can orient my decision making to that mentality, perhaps instead of um, just kind of losing things I don't think about, instead I can I can make a conscious decision. To gain what I really want to gain and lose what what I'm okay losing. So I don't want to I don't want to make this loss. I don't want to lose the importance of family. So I am willing to take this loss. Perhaps taking on another project or saying yes to something or agreeing to um, get my kids involved in something. And losses are hard. So it is important to validate the emotion that comes with a loss, but. You know, we're kidding ourselves if we don't consider the reality that every decision we make does involve a loss.
0: That's a great point. So why is it so important for us to embrace the uncomfortable? And what are the benefits of embracing the uncomfortable?
1: You know, the biggest thing that I see as the outcome of embracing uncomfortable is living a life that's congruent with who God designed us to be and what really motivates us as our core. And when we live incongruently, it creates overwhelming amounts of stress in our lives. And I can see this with the clients I work with, again, with people in my close inner circle. And whether they're Christian or not, we all make these types of decisions every day. And so I've worked with clients who are struggling in their relationships and their marriages. And when we look at the decisions that they're making, oftentimes, again, they're not consistent with what their core values are. Uh, respecting their spouse, upholding the vows of their marriage, um, investing in time with family, and so this this compact stress of making choices that don't align with what's most important to us just grows over time, and I would say is a strong contributing factor to um, a lot of our mental health issues, anxiety, depression, health related um, issues that are correlated to stress. So, you know. The funny thing is, is when we're willing to step into the discomfort in the moment, it actually creates longer term comfort and contentment. Um, That is what we truly desire. And so it's actually a greater benefit to us to put ourselves in these uncomfortable situations and to build what I would call stress resilience. Very interesting.
0: So basically, if we were to sum it up, um, the comfort zone is trying to conform to the image of yourself that is not really you, that was created by the desire to fit in or please someone or um, an ideal that is not really reflective of who you are. Um, And in a sense, it is not comfortable, but it is the comfort zone because you think this is what you're supposed to do. And then Embracing the uncomfortable is actually going deep down inside and recognizing who you are, what is important to you, and then making sacrifices in order to achieve really the the purpose for which God created
1: you. That's a great way of summarizing it. Yeah, absolutely. And out of embracing uncomfortable, again, you know, in those times of reflection, we actually feel this great sense of satisfaction in choosing um, situations, circumstances, and relationships that really align with that core of who God created us to be.
0: And what are some of the practical ways that you would advise people in in um, venturing out on this journey
1: of embracing the uncomfortable? Well, first of all, they could buy my book for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I think for me, this practice was... Um, was so much more effective in community with accountability. So it took, you know, in the very beginning, and I talk about this in the book, I had a time and a season of really pulling away and discerning what my core values were. And then I involved my community, and each day I would set aside time, and it doesn't have to be long, a minute, five minutes to just reflect and and think about the decision that I made throughout the day and ask myself, okay, in that moment, was I defaulting to comfort? Was I kind of trying to allay the anxiety or the fears I was experiencing and not choosing core to who I was? Or was I really stepping into that uncomfortable place um, and making that healthy decision? And the reflection time would then reinforce the validation I experienced in embracing uncomfortable in the moment. Well,
0: and I'm sure there is a great amount of self-discipline that is involved in that, which is very uncomfortable, but has a high payoff, so to speak.
1: Yeah, it's a very cyclical process, and I talk about that a lot in the book. This is going to be uncomfortable, but then once you get used to it, it's going to be more familiar, and then you're going to move on to this stage, and this is going to be uncomfortable, and then it'll get a little bit more familiar, but I promise it's really doable, and the outcome is just very gratifying, especially in terms of just feeling like I'm really living authentic to who God created me to be and how he has designed me to be a part of furthering his kingdom here on earth.
0: The key points that stuck out to me in this very timely conversation were those. Number one, we are in danger of losing our true identity if we rely on the mirrors held for us by other people. Christ is the only true reflection of our identity. The uncomfortable things in life are often God's direction towards self-awareness. Number two, we must not make life decisions without fully understanding what our core values are and take time to discover these core values. And number three, sacrificing parts of our lives that don't reflect our core values, though very painful at first, is absolutely worth it. In the upcoming conversation with Dr. Deb, we will talk about how embracing the uncomfortable guides us to discover our life's purpose. However, our next episode, in just a few days, is going to be about the subject of race and reconciliation. I will talk with Reverend Clyde Ruffin, who is a pastor, a university professor, and a civil servant. And I hope you don't miss this very important conversation. Please consider supporting Limitless Spirit Podcast by going to r.f wma.org/give, and I always look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments. You can email me at podcast@rfwma.org. At Until next time, thanks for listening to Limitless Spirit with Helen Todd, produced by World Missions Alliance. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? Do you have a passion to help people and share your faith across the globe? Visit our website, rfwma.org, and get involved in the Great Commission through short-term missions. We hope you'll leave a review and check out other episodes. We'll be with you in a week on our next episode of Limitless Spirit. to so many areas of our life.
1: Yeah, that's a great, great example. And um, so, so true. (laughs) Absolutely. So you can purchase the book through any major um, booksellers, Amazon. Um, It's a Moody Publisher book, so you can get it through Moody Publishers, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, and you can also find all that information and a whole lot more resources on embracinguncomfortable.com.
0: Thank you.